I get asked why podcasts all the time. Yeah. Um, and my answer is, well, Stephen said I, ne- I needed to, and there was no other CPA was doing this. And that's pretty much true still. Yeah. I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. So new niche, well, I would say you kind of inspired me to I niche down. Did I do that? You did with your veterinarians. Yes. Yes. So it kind of made me think, what is something that I'm really passionate about mm-hmm. and something I know? Mm-hmm. And then instead of casting my net so wide, let's start narrowing it down so then I can focus on really helping an industry that I'm passionate about mm-hmm. and love. So yeah. fitness, I mean, it's my entire life. Let's talk about the key elements um, to um, for effective marketing, right? So there's usually people are missing something, but what are those? Yeah. No, I actually started a new podcast called Naked Marketing. Mm-hmm. It's all about the marketing mistakes. So we're actually going to have a marketing mistakes summit. <laughs> so we're going to get everybody's mistakes all, all in one shot. But uh, yeah, the, the, the fundamentals is you have to have uh, a, a target mm-hmm. and you have to know what their problem is that you solve mm-hmm. and you have to be in their world constantly giving them advice about that problem. So that's really the fundamentals. I call it, um, I've coined it super niching. So uh, it is like picking just one industry or interest group to focus on at a time and picking their most expensive problem to, to teach mm-hmm. so that your marketing becomes educational marketing. And then you never have to ask for a sale after that, Jamie. All you do is show up in front of them and keep talking about how you've solved that problem for other people in their same boots, in their same mm-hmm. industry. You never have to once ask for a sale. They're like, Please help us, please. Yeah, absolutely. So human to human marketing, in my opinion, is the experience and interaction one faces with a particular brand. Mm -hmm. And so in our particular world that we're in, and most businesses will hear B2B or B2C. And though I don't disagree that B2B and B2C is still a necessary part of business, I think businesses though need to start incorporating the H2H marketing because if you don't incorporate the H2H marketing, in my opinion, what's going to happen is that people are going to get left behind. We're going to, well, not people, our businesses are going to get left behind for those businesses that choose to implement H2H marketing. So again, creating that human experience that experience and interaction with a brand you know i'll give you an example when i was first found out i was pregnant with finley one of the things that i craved was these muffins and you got them at this beautiful italian restaurant here in brisbane australia and they're like massive massive muffins filled with blueberries and raspberries and i've always drank diet coke and so when I first started getting the cravings is I would go to this place called Tognini's and I would go in and at the beginning I would just order like kind of that muffin and that Diet Coke and nothing really changed. But as I kept going back, it was like, Oh, what's your name? I'm Angela. How far along are you in your pregnancy? Mm. So far. And then so on and so forth. And then that relationship 
But again, it wasn't just the relationship. It was their ability to incorporate human to human marketing. Every time I went in there, there was an experience and an interaction that I was able to have with these people. Mm -hmm. So then Finley came along and they're like, oh my goodness, how are you Finley? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then they started to create the same thing. I was like, oh, I want to keep going back to that place. Mm -hmm. And then Chloe came along. So now Finley will be 11 in August. Mm -hmm. So I've technically been going there for 12 years. And I figured out middle of this, like middle of last year, that I've probably spent close to $25,000 buying muffins and and Diet Cokes over this time. (laughs) Now, what's changed though, is we're actually a 40 minute return trip to where like 20 minutes each way, obviously, Mm -hmm. to where they go. But because my kids go to that suburb for school, and even if not Saturday mornings, we still wake up even on non-school days and drive there to get the muffins. So that's an, that's an example of human to human marketing mm-hmm. that it's you, I can probably get a muffin down the road that would take me two minutes to go and get uh, their muffins don't taste as good as they did before. Is that they're I think they're cheaping out on the, uh, the blueberries and raspberries now. But the thing is, is that we keep going back and we have for 12 years, mm-hmm. but again, they could have just created the experience but not an interaction and it wouldn't have been the same. They could have created an interaction and not the experience. It wouldn't have been the same, but they've not only created an interaction and an experience for me, mm-hmm. but for my children. So we keep going back. So women own veterinarian clinics, right? It's extremely specific. Mm-hmm. Women own veterinary practices in the United States. Yeah. And so when you're that specific, you can do some pretty interesting things, mm-hmm. you know, like you can create a book with a title that is something like advanced tax planning strategies for women owned veterinary clinics in the United States. It's in process right now. Nice. <laughs> and guess what that does? That calls out exactly who you want. So when you put it in front of them to try and get them to raise a hand and show some interest in that, mm-hmm. because not all female veterinarians that own their own clinic are going to be interested. Some of them don't care Mm -hmm. about their, like I'll send all my money to the government, but some Mm -hmm. of them are going to be like, wait a second, Mm -hmm. this, this Jamie girl, I I need to know her because I want to keep more money. Yeah. And you're looking to see which group they're in. Right. Mm -hmm. So you might send them a letter or put an ad in front of them or send them a postcard that offers this free book with that amazing title on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you've got all these leads coming in. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it allows you to do that. Whereas if you just sent a book out that was advanced tax planning strategies for small business. It's so generic. Yeah. It wouldn't mean anything to anybody. Well, and also I'm learning in the veterinary space as I learn more people or as I meet more people is they don't really like the word business. <laughs> <laughs> they run practices. <laughs> Yes. The thing that we see over and over that totally trips people up is that they're impatient. And so they'll try a particular marketing strategy. They won't get anywhere close to mastering it. They'll try it one or two or three times. Then mm. They'll go, oh, that didn't work right away. Let me try the next one. And then the next one doesn't work right away. And the next one and the next one and the mm. next one. Yeah. And where do people usually go wrong on this? They're, they kitchen sink everything they list everything they like we do this we do that we work with this you know like they just list the who and the what and it just it doesn't work because confused minds don't buy there's a horrible statistic that says 86 percent of buyers can't tell the difference between two suppliers they really can't true 
Yeah. So true. They just try to base it on price. Mm-hmm. And price becomes your their biggest determinant of quality. And then people are constantly trying to undercut the price to be more competitive, which works the opposite way in psychology, mm-hmm. right? You don't see a Chanel trying to undercut, um, you know, Target. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Right. So yeah, that's, that's usually what goes wrong is that it's too generic. And then the, and then those of us that are trying to di- differentiate, we spend a lot of time really confused about like, or like what, stop asking me for tax returns. Like that's, that's my current pain point. Cause people are just like, okay, I need my tax returns done. What's your price? I'm like, that's not what we do because they, they assume we're all H and R block or whatever. The reason why it's still relevant is one, people are still doing them in Zoom rooms and breakout rooms for virtual conferences. Mm-hmm. And two, um, it's your one-liner that you need in LinkedIn messaging or social media messaging when people say, what is it that you do? Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to convey very quickly and concisely in a one-liner what it is that you do. One line, one sentence. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super relevant because as you'll see on the show, when people show up and they have a very generic elevator pitch, it's a mirror into their um, strategy that they don't have a differentiated niched strategy that's p- based on a specific specialty. So you will find out very quickly from hearing somebody talk about what they do Within 30 seconds, I, my, I wrote another book. I've, got, I've written four books. Uh, it's called um, How to Make Anyone Like You in Seven Seconds or Less. Because Harvard University found that it takes less than seven seconds. Like you already decided whether you think I'm competent or not. So it took seven seconds for you to decide that. Right? And for me, and, and likewise. I love that. So that's why an elevator pitch is still so relevant. I always think about advertising properly done is actually a way to solve problems um, by promoting products that are solving problems. I love it. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.